sitting on the porch with Georgie T. Hearing tales of Tennessee. So, welcome to the Tales of Tennessee podcast. I'm delighted to welcome my next guests. They are the Thelma and Louise of country music. They are each other's trailer neighbours and now live closer to Tennessee than Kentucky. They are the beautiful Haley and Sarah of Steel Blossoms, joining me from Nashville. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Wow, well. what an introduction. I know, that was really good. <laughs> Glad you like it. Well, you know, and I've got to start well at least. <laughs> so... Give us a little bit of a background about Steel Blossoms. Obviously, I've been I've been lucky enough to come to Nashville to see you play live, but give us a little snapshot of how the band came about, where you met each other, a bit of a potted history. Uh, so back in 2008, Haley and I were both living um, in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area and both playing music kind of locally, festivals, local bars. And um, we knew of each other, but we didn't know each other well. And I mean, it's a very small scene. So you would kind of see each other around opening up for the same bigger artists in town. And so we met a few times while we shared the stage with a a common friend. And uh, I had a full band. Haley was singing by herself. Sometimes she would sing, you know, with a guitar player or a karaoke track. And one night, the singer in my group got sick, and it was like, okay, who can I call? So I called Haley, and I said, hey, can you fill in? Well, as a 16-year-old, she learned four hours of music in just a few days and came and blew everybody away. And uh, for me, it was the first time that I blended so well with another person. I've always been a harmony singer, and I've sang with a lot of different lead vocalists, but um, it was like this in- instant chemistry on and off stage. And it actually took us a few years after that to really come together for a band. But um, we kind of kept in touch. We both went to college. Um, and then we called her one day and we were like, you know, we're ready to, to try something new with somebody else. Do you want to join? Was it Sorry, always country music? It yeah. was. I would even venture to say um, mostly whatever was on the radio, very female country or traditional country driven. We've, we've definitely gone through a few phases in our music taste, but um, you know, we both grew up singing traditional um, 90s country was huge for us. You know, that was kind of our coming of age music. So yeah. we sang a lot of that as well. And what was like the, the final straw? What made you relocate to Nashville? We had both wanted to live in Nashville, like pretty much our whole lives. Um, and I was very, um, just like, let's go, let's do it. Um, I was a lot more free spirited (laughs) in my younger days. And, um, Sarah had, she was just in a good place in her life to move. Um, she had been teaching for three years and I was getting ready to graduate college. And I called her and I was like, I said, I can't, I can't get a job here in Pennsylvania. I was like, I need to move to Nashville, give this thing a shot. Um, and I think it would be best if you came with me. And I remember she was like, I don't really know. <laughs> and I, so I just kept asking until um, we came down here for my birthday. It was my 22nd birthday. And um, I was like, let's go to Nashville and had all these apartments lined up for us to look at. 
And um, my mom drove us down and yeah, we just needed to like really give this thing a shot. I have this huge fear of ever saying what if, Mm. and I always just said, I'm either going to do it now or I'm going to do it when I'm 40 with two kids and I'm going to like leave my whole life behind. So like, why don't I just get it out of my system now? (laughs) And, um, and what were your first impressions of Nashville? So when you went down on your, for your 22nd birthday, what did you think? I remember thinking, it's going to sound so bad. Oh my gosh. I remember thinking, we could definitely do this. (laughs) Like we're going to be fine. It's funny because we both had visited Nashville several times before that. I think that may have been the first time together Mm -hmm. or the second time together that we went, but we both had separate experiences for a few years before that. And I remember getting here um, a few times I visited and did a bunch of songwriting camps and um, what once seemed so overwhelming and intimidating when, when once you get here you're like oh, okay it's like a very friendly city mm-hmm. everybody want it's it's strange it's like I know it's the music industry and it's competitive but at the same time there's there's also like a very help each other out spirit here yeah. and people always want to get to know each other and network and make relationships. And that was very, that was very apparent to me really quickly. I met a lot of people who I was like, Oh, okay. Like I'm not going to feel like I'm by myself. And then, you know, once we decided to move together, it was like double teaming, you know, we're like, we just kind of came in like a force. Like we had each other, which is really cool. Yeah. And what's kind of, what's been the hardest thing with the whole relocation what was the most difficult thing or what what made you struggle the most was it leaving your family was it just like a whole different way of life obviously you left your old jobs and you just started afresh with nothing was that was that hard or was that just exciting and wow okay we're finally doing this it was definitely exciting um but I mean yeah it was hard it was hard leaving our families when my parents left, you know, they, they came here and helped us move in. And then when they finally left, my mom said my dad cried the whole way home. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's just missing out on things at home. Sarah has three nephews and, um, it's just, you know, you, you obviously want to be with your family. I've said it from the beginning. I, I love Nashville so much but I wish that I could pick it up and just move it closer to home. How far away is it from Pennsylvania? Nine hours. Okay. It's a trek. Yeah. And then my husband is on the, um, his family's from the other side of Pennsylvania and it's about 11 or 12 to get there. Uh, How often do you go back? Obviously the last year has been a bit odd, but in normal, in normal years, how often would you go back? outside of a pandemic pretty frequently. Um, I think for a while it was about every other month and we mm -hmm. would kind of work shows into the route of going home, which was really nice. Like from Nashville to Pennsylvania, we drive directly through Cincinnati, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. And so those are areas that we frequent a lot because we try really hard to, okay, like let's make an excuse to go home again. Let's book this show in this city. Yeah. And there's a lot of states that um, you have to drive through Pennsylvania to get to. So we, you know, we really will be like, oh, we need to go to New Hampshire. (laughs) May as well well stop home. Planning, planning. I like it. (laughs) 
So what's it been like to live in Nashville over the last year? I mean, you've, you guys have had it tough. You've had the tornado, you've had riots, you've had the bombing on Christmas Day. Obviously, there's COVID as well. Wow. <laughs> it's yeah. been a lot of things. And I think, um, you know, as far as the pandemic goes, we ha- we just, we've stayed in. So I feel like I, you know, it's funny, like a few months in, we went to go somewhere downtown and I couldn't remember how to get there. And it was like, wow, I was like, I haven't been driving for four months. I've kind of just like been holed up. Definitely the attitude here is very, like, it's a little more solemn than usual. I feel like usually it's like a pretty vibrant city and I, I haven't seen it like that for a bit. Um, and it, it stinks because there are people still playing because, you know, this is what you do for a living and, and some people can't afford not to play. And, and we've struggled even with that decision of do we, do we keep going or do we just kind of take a step back and let's see what happens? Um, it's, it's been tough. And I think with the riots and everything, it's just like this year has been packed with a lot of really, really tough, heavy things. Yeah. I'm ready for a lighter next year. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So what, what have you guys been doing? Um, have you been writing a lot? I know you've done various live streams and, and things like that. Um, am I right in thinking you've both gone and, you're doing a bit of nanny work as well? Yeah. So um, we have been writing a lot. We actually just recorded a brand new album. Oh, exciting. Yeah, in December. That was really amazing. Um, this past week, I just started nannying full time. I've been nannying part time um, for about the last three months. And so this week, I started full time. And it's just, I keep having to tell myself, like, this is just getting you through until it's over you know. um, So that's kind of going back to your roots slightly, isn't it? Because you were both primary school teachers when you met. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a total change from the change from the norm for you. No. And I, we know how to do it. You know, we know how to do it and we know it's something that we do well. Yeah. Um, So it's not like we struggle in that. I think it's more of a passion thing that, you know, we, for the last six years have been solely doing our passion and now it's like, mm, so this is what it's like to not be super wild about your job. <laughs> yeah. So obviously you just mentioned the new album, which we will come on to that later. That's really exciting. Um, your debut album, Steel Blossoms, you recorded that in Nashville. Did you record anything before you moved to Nashville? Any singles or EPs or anything like that? Or have has everything you've done been in Nashville? So we actually have two albums before um, the one that, um, we consider the debut album. Okay. We consider that the debut album because it was our debut album on a label. Um, the other two, one is from 2015 and one is from 2017. Um, the only places that you can really wholeheartedly find them are our website. So it's kind of like a little niche. Only if you've been a fan for a while, do you realize that there are two extra CDs you can buy? We don't have them. I think one might be on Pandora, but that might be the extent of it. They're not... Um, available for purchase or anything other than just a physical copy. But we did those here in Nashville on our own. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Those were kind of songs where we were just developing our sense of what is our sound and where do we belong? Where do we fit in? And most of them are acoustic. And so this album that um, you're referencing is, is really our first serious full band attempt in Nashville. Now, Haley and I, as our old band, recorded two albums before we came to Nashville and Pennsylvania, and I won't tell you how to find them. 
so what is what's the difference like between recording an album in Pennsylvania or in Nashville is there just a whole different um kind of method of doing it or is it just so much more professional because this is where everybody comes I think professionalism um is a big thing everyone knows what they're doing so it can kind of go quicker and also I think um, because everybody here does it for a living, especially if you're a studio musician, there's not really like any egos that get in the way. Um, Everybody's just like, just wants to make like the best record possible. And so everyone's pretty open to hearing ideas. No one's really trying to like take charge Um, here. It's just in Nashville. And then it was friendly in Pennsylvania as well. But um, here it's just a, a different vibe. It's very Well, and I think, you know, in Nashville, you have people who like their entire living is based on the studio work that they do. That's, that's a huge difference. You know, some, you know, you're like, oh, I need a keyboard player. You've got a huge list of names that you can choose from of people who solely only do keyboard on recordings. Mm -hmm. That's their specialty. So Pennsylvania, and I'm sure a lot of other states that aren't super music hubs, you just don't have the amount of options you're kind of like trying to piece it together by yourself yeah and I think I think a lot of that Haley like you mentioned is the quickness of of they're just really used to the process and people still have very different processes here like the the Steel Blossoms debut album that we recorded was co- recorded completely in a different method than the one we just did mm-hmm. and they're and I love them both equally so it's just it's interesting um kind of based on the person in charge of the project, how they really prefer it. And you obviously write most of your own work. Do you co-write with other people very often or does it tend to be just you two together? So it's funny, um, on our debut album, almost everything was co-written with, um, we, we consider like ourselves almost the same writer. Yeah. Um, but almost everything had a third writer. I think we only had one or two songs that didn't. And then on this upcoming album, we only have one co-writer and everything on one song and everything else was just the two of us. And is it a really different sound or is it more of the same from that original album? Uh, Yeah, it's quite different. Um, We've really broadened our horizons when it comes to the music that we listen to. Mm -mm. And that you can definitely tell there's different influences in there, which was so fun for us to like, not feel like we had to be put in a box. Yeah. Um, We could just experiment and be like, whoa, I never thought I would make a record that would sound like that, but it sounds so cool. And I love, you know, I love it. We have a couple of the rough tracks and I just listen to it all day, every day. And who are your kind of main influences at the moment? I mean, obviously you spoke earlier about 90s female country being a, a real driving force for you. Obviously that's still that's still there, that's still part of you and part of your influences. But who else do you listen to and sort of take example from at the moment? So this is actually really cool. Um, a main influence of mine for the past few years has been Jason Isbell. Mm. And it's his guitar player who produced our album. That's so cool. that was a huge honor for us. Like, I don't think he even realizes how much we stock his music. I, I went into it with this idea of, oh man, like he's got this knowledge of how, I mean, he's been 
produced by Dave Cobb. I don't know if you know the name, but um, Dave Cobb is a huge, huge name um, in Americana music and rock music. And um, Sadler, the guy who produced us, he kind of came to the table with all of all of this uh, knowledge as a musician being produced by these big names and, and having seen the process. And he really challenged us. And I would have said, Jason Isbell, Brandy Carlisle, Ashley Monroe, those are artists that I love to listen to right now. Um, I've always loved Emmylou Harris. Um, Haley and I recently have been getting um, into stuff like the Beatles and Joni Mitchell only because Sadler really kind of pushed that. Those weren't artists that we normally would have taken influence from. There's even a song on our album that has a little influence from the band The Cure who I never grew up listening to, but when these songs were threw at us, thrown at us by Sadler of like, Hey, listen to this. See if you can kind of channel this. It's really made me now. Now I'm like, I'm on a Beatles kick. I'm on a Joni I'm kick. On, I'm also on a huge Beatles kick right now. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Cause I normally wouldn't have said that. I've been really into, you know, the singer songwriter thing for a while. I do love, um, I love John Prine and, Neil Young, that kind of stuff too, but it's really made me kind of dig more into that. I think good music is good music, you know, no matter what genre it is. I mean, the Beatles Mm -hmm. is always going to be good music. However old we are, everyone's going to love listening to the Beatles. So, and I'm a huge Ashley Munro fan as well. So I'm very excited about this, this album. Uh, So when you record your album, um, I was lucky enough to interview Josh Turner back in Mm. the summer last year. And uh, he was saying that his, the record he just released, Country State of Mind, they did all in the studio all at once. So all of the musicians on the record that you hear were all in the studio just playing, playing live. Is that how it works for you guys? Or do you put bits together? Because obviously, you know, Sarah, you're a brilliant musician anyway. Is it just, are you all there playing playing your instruments, singing, or do you take one part and do that and then add the other bits around it? So it's, we're all for this last record, uh, we're all doing it at the same time. Um, And then there are certainly parts that, um, certainly parts that are added afterward. You know, there are some, I would say flares here and there um, that were added afterward. Like we still haven't added Sarah's fiddle yet. And we, we plan to do that towards the end of the month. So yeah, but, but the kind of the meat and potatoes of it is all at the same time, which is really fun. Like you really feed off that energy. There's a song on this, on this new record that's really different than the rest of them. And I remember us being in the studio and like, we were all almost in tears. Like it was so magical. Like the first time we went through it, you know, we're trying to still get it together as everybody. And then the second time we went through it, it was just magic. And we all said, are we ever going to be able to create that kind of magic again? You know, we did a couple more takes to try it, but it just is magical doing it all together. I love hearing artists talk about their work because it is such a passion. And, you know, if you're listening to something you've downloaded off Spotify and what have you, yeah, you can still appreciate it as a good song, but you don't have the heart and soul that you Mm. would see if you're watching somebody perform it live or if you're talking to somebody who's actually written it and performed it. I think that's so invigorating as a, as an audience member to know how much love has gone into that record. I think it's, it's great. Very excited about that. When is that going to, when's that going to come out? When's it going to be finished? 
We don't know yet. Your guess is as good as ours. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And is that just because it's not finished or because you don't know what's going to happen with the pandemic or touring or are you trying to set up a tour kind of around the release of that? Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, Right now, our plan is to play locally. Um, If we can get a show here or there that's socially distanced, you know, we can maybe get that. But so our plan is to hopefully release it this year and then tour it next year. So so I I think what will make the most sense is to do singles that kind of come out a month apart, kind of teasing the album. And then towards the end of the year, I'm thinking will make more sense for the album to come out because it stinks. Like you want to get it out there. All you want to do is get it out there. But then when you get it out, when you get it out there, you want to be able to go out there and play and be able to do it justice. And so we're just figuring that out right now, what that's going to look like. Well, I trust that you're going to play some off the new album when you come over for Tennessee Fields in July. We'll be looking forward to that. Good. Yeah. So, so the podcast, this podcast, although we're going to be talking to obviously people in the music industry who have lived in Nashville or who visited Nashville, um, it's also about like tips of where to go, what to see. Do you have like a favorite mini break area in Tennessee that isn't actually Nashville itself? Like where would you disappear to? Haley, you said you went to Gatlinburg this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that your go-to mini break area? Yeah. So I'm really big into camping. Um, I love camping. And so there's, I mean, Gatlinburg is um, like about four hours, three or four hours away, but there's even closer. I mean, there's a park that's only maybe 30 minutes from where I live called Bledsoe Creek Park. And it's a great place to camp. Um, It's just like really family friendly and you don't feel like you're anywhere near the city when you're there. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, you've got falls Creek, fall Creek falls, standing stone state park, Tennessee's just full of them and they're all beautiful and they're all different. What about you, Sarah? Um, yeah, I don't, I'm just trying to think, I don't really go a lot of places. (laughs) Just like realize like I'm pretty boring. Um, if we're not playing, I'm, I'm a homebody. So yeah, my my mini break that I'm taking is I'm going on a road trip to Texas, so I don't think that helps anybody coming to Tennessee. But what's taking you to Texas? Uh, we just we have a, a few families that we absolutely love that live in Texas, and um, they have a lot of uh, farmland, and so it's just like a really nice getaway spot. Yeah. So um, Haley and I are used to being able to stay there. Every February we go and we play like the San Antonio Rodeo, and we do all these shows and. I mean, it's been a tradition for what, like three or four years now. And this was the first year we weren't going to be able to do it. Um, yeah. So sad. And so I was just like, I'm going to go there anyway. Yeah, <laughs> just can do it. <laughs> I have really missed traveling over the last 12 months. And it's, yeah, it's quite hard when you've got a bit of a wanderlust. Um, so normally when I'm at home, I'm a real home bod as well, which I think has really helped obviously over the last year, but I do need to get my traveling fix. So I have struggled recently. And from living over here in the UK, it's just so tiny over here compared to the mm-hmm. US. And like you say, you know, it's four hours to Gatlin, but well, four hours from here. And I'm kind of probably midway down the UK. I could almost get. I don't know, three quarters of the way up 
seven eighths of the way up towards Scotland. You know, you can get miles here in in four hours. Um, I could get to Wales, which is completely the other side of the country. So it's just such a whole different ball game over there. Um, and I think that's what's so fascinating for me, anyway, is just because there's so much variety, and like you say, there's everything is different, and you're still in the same state, for example. I mean, that's just mind-blowing for somebody over here in the little UK. Um, I would definitely, for for those who are traveling to the States uh, outside of the pandemic, the West is mm. um, just unbelievable. I mean, every state has something beautiful to offer, but seeing things like the arches in Utah or Antelope Canyon in Arizona is just there's nothing like it. I mean, the Grand Canyon, obviously, um, but there is just nothing like it. It just takes you to a whole nother world. Yeah. Last year or the year before, I guess to almost a year and a half ago now, Haley and I took a trip out West and we drove from Nashville to Southern California and back and so much fun. And which is like, put it in perspective is like a couple days of travel. Yeah. If you were to do it straight yeah, it took us about two weeks and we we played some shows along the way and that was super fun. And so it's funny, like I when you're on those trips, you're like, oh my gosh, so much driving. Can't wait to get there. And now I find myself missing driving. Sometimes I'll just drive around. Just really crazy. Like the things that I used to complain about, like, oh, it takes so long. When are we going to be there? And now I can't wait to get in the car. It's really changed your perspective on life in general, hasn't it, this, this oh, pandemic? Yeah. Have you yeah. still got lots of restrictions over there? I'm assuming most of the bars are still shut in Nashville. Um, I think they're open. We're not oh. going to them, but... Yeah, everything's pretty... So every state has their... Every state um, was kind of given the go-ahead of, like, deal with this, how you, how you see fit for your state. Um, so it's in, very interesting. My, uh, obviously our families are in Pennsylvania where almost everything is shut down. Mm. Um, but we're in Tennessee where everything is open. And, um, so yeah, I mean, there's still, all the bars are still open. They're at 50% capacity right now, I believe. Um, but I mean, for a bar that holds 300 people having 150 people in there is still, it's a, that's a lot of people. Yeah. And do you think, um, are people still confident to go into bars and, and stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah. More than, more than you would believe. We are not. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're de- we definitely err more on the side of caution and are a little bit more, have a little bit more anxiety over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's some places, I wouldn't say it's business as usual. Definitely not, you know. And I, I do understand as well, a lot of places really need to they need to stay open. Yeah. They have families. They have bills. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. Yeah. I think it's very much personal perspective and personal uh, responsibility, isn't it? I think, you know, at the end of the day, you're the ones that have to have to live with it. So I think that's mm-hmm. where it where it comes from. Okay. So getting back to some more fun, fun topics. <laughs> you've obviously, you've taught quite a lot and you've played loads of gigs. You've played loads of different places. What has been your favorite ever gig? Oh, um, I definitely think the Alan Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the same. That was, that was just a wild weekend. There is nothing like it. <laughs> That's amazing. How many people were there? 13,000 one night and 11,000 another night, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that was unreal and um, just exhilarating from start to finish. Yeah. And I think it's funny because we didn't think we were into that before that weekend, which is kind of funny in general that we thought that we were like, Oh, like we're not really into like the big crowd stadium. Like we're not going to fit well. And then we got there and we were like, Oh, that was addicting. Yeah. yeah. And do you think, do you think you will do more gigs with a full band or because obviously when I, when I saw you play, it was just the two of you. Are, are you going to try and kind of ramp it up now you've had that experience? Is it something you're going to look at doing in the future? Yeah, I think 2022 um, will probably, I would assume will probably be 90% full band. Um, you know, this year we're yeah. still trying to figure out what, who, when, how. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and I think this year it's like just a little more safe that if we're going to even attempt gigs, it yeah. might be a little bit more on the safe side to just do the two of us, you know, our usual house concert tour type of things might actually come in handy this year more than more than ever because it's sort of like you know you're avoiding a venue you can do it outside at somebody's house I think that's a really we're in control that's a really great idea um how long have you been doing that so it's so I'm right in thinking you kind of do personal gigs so like somebody's birthday or wedding or or things like that is that right yeah we actually like to try to avoid um, it being like a birthday or a wedding or an event like that, we make it solely based on like, this is a steel blossoms concert. Cause what we found is people will say like, Hey, well, you play for my husband's birthday, but then it's not really about the music. It's about, Oh, those friends are gathering to celebrate. Yeah. So we found just kind of trial and error over the years that the best thing is to really pinpoint people who are going to make the entire evening completely music focused. They're going to advertise you to their friends and family way before you even get there. And the nice part is that if if you can get people to do it the right way, it's sit down, people are listening, focused, they're not talking. Um, and then it just creates a really, really intimate environment. Yeah. For just like the optimal, like that's how I would want to listen to music you know, especially songs that people are writing that you don't know. You're not listening to cover songs. You're listening to songs that they wrote. You want to hear the words. You want to know the story behind it. And so it's really, it's really quite neat. It's, it's total experience rather than just like background music. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a great idea. And like you yeah. say, it's one of the most frustrating things. If you go to a gig is the person next to you talking and you're like, shut up. Yeah. I'm trying to listen. Um, by all accounts, and I don't know how true this is, by all accounts, it's worse in the States than it is over here. Over here, I think a lot of the audience are very much along that mindset. You know, they're there to listen to the music and you want to hear the music. And especially if people have traveled over from the States because you can't just go and see them every other week. So when they're there, you've got to concentrate and you've got to listen to it and make the most of it. So that's, that's great. What is your favorite Steel Blossom song to perform? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Are you going to go with new songs, Haley? Well, no, no, because we haven't really performed. Everybody likes their newest stuff. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, man. Well, okay. okay. I, I've got mine. I've got mine too. I really love performing Innocent. Okay. I just think I like the story behind it. Uh, I like the violin part. I like the harmonies in it. And you, Sarah? 
Mine would be heroin. Actually, we don't we don't play it often because it's one of those songs that it's like not appropriate for every situation that you're in. But that's one of those songs that if if you're in the right place at the right time and you're with people who really want to hear what you're trying to say, that's like very much um, one of those songs that's like a moment where everybody's like, "Whoa!" Like, yeah, this is actually like I can relate with this. Sadly, I can relate with this. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And what is your favorite cover song to perform? Oh, that changes all the time um, <laughs> because we're always learning new songs. Yeah. Um, I re- this has been like tried and true. Like, I love performing "Blue" by Leanne Rhymes. Uh, I just, I don't know. I get a, I get a, a lot from performing that song. I think so. one of mine would be Brandy Carlisle, "The Joke." Mm, that's a good one. An amazing song. And do you know much about the UK country scene? Have you heard much? Have you heard any artists? Have you sort of worked with any artists or or listened to any? Um, the only I, that I can really say, and I guess they'd be more Americana, are the Noble Jacks. We met them a couple, not last year, obviously, but the year before at Americana Fest. Mm-hmm. And, well, we, we weren't able to meet Maddie, but we met Will and kind of hung with him all week and just a super nice guy very very passionate about the music that they make almost feel like in a way they're like the guy version of us um just two really good friends who just love love making music and are willing to do anything to make it happen yeah okay so going back to actually Nashville and Tennessee what are your top tips on where to eat Mm. if somebody was coming over to visit where would you suggest they go okay Italian food, Bella Napoli. Absolutely. And where's that? Amazing. Um, it's in, oh, what would you call that, Haley? Like the Music Row area. Music Row area, yeah. That's awesome. For mm. hot chicken, I would say um, I really love Slow Burn, which is um, out by where I live, but it's in like the Madison area. And what about things to see? The Ryman. For sure. The Ryman backstage tour was my favorite tour. I thought it was so informative and fun and interactive. Um, and, you know, as former workers at the Country Music Hall of Fame, I would suggest that too. Yeah. yeah. Especially like if you're into the history and the tradition of country music, that's a great place to go. If you're here around Christmas time, um, Opryland has, they do these like this beautiful display of lights. And there's also a, there's a light show around Christmas time that's out in like the Wilson County area mm. that is just, it, it's very <laughs> cool. Also, you could spend an entire day in Franklin, Tennessee, which is about mm. a half hour outside of town and really just enjoy. It's very quaint. It's very walkable. And there's a lot of little shops there. Okay. Ooh, and if you like good cocktails, if you're a drinker and like good oh. cocktails, um, I would definitely say the Patterson House. And Gray's on Main and Franklin. Okay. Mm. We like, everyone likes a good cocktail. (laughs) Yeah. Now I just want a good cocktail, like right now. Yeah. So who is your artist to watch from Nashville for the next 12 Mm. months or so, other than Steel Blossoms? Oh, that's a good question. Artist to watch. Well, I'm a big Rustin Kelly fan. Mm. And I think he's he's really on the up and up right now. So I would definitely say him. In country music, I'd say Josh Gallagher. 
he's just really nice and his music's great. He's a good friend of ours too. Yeah, we also really love um, the Young Fables. Their music is very, um, I would say, pretty close to this debut album, but a little bit more Americana, if that makes any sense. Like a little bit more like smooth Americana. It's, they're they're really talented. Um, Wes yeah. and Laurel, he's an amazing guitar player, and she's an amazing songwriter, and so it's a really good combo. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I've never, I haven't heard of them, so I shall check them out. I think you would like them a lot. Yeah. Me too. Thank you. So what is coming up for you in 2021? Assume that all of the pandemic stuff just goes away overnight like a miracle. What is coming up? (laughs) What is coming up for you guys? Uh, Definitely putting out the new record, which is exciting. Um, We'll probably start with a couple singles and uh, touring the UK. Yeah. Uh, hopefully getting back on the road with Alan Jackson. Was that, yeah, is, that, is that a possibility? Is that going to continue when it all goes back to normal again, do you think? I would hope so. Um, they, they said it will, but I'm not really actually sure. That, if that's Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? And so where can people follow you, find you, listen to your music? Uh, we're on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, Amazon, MP3, um, they can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter, or they can go to steelblossoms.com. And your handles for all of those is just at steelblossoms? Yep, except for Twitter, steel underscore blossoms. Perfect. And finally, what is your go-to road trip country song? If you, it's a nice day, you've got the windows down, you're cruising along, what would you be listening to and singing at the top of your voice? Rollin' by Big and Rich. great choice (laughs) it's a jam it's a bomb it's a jam i love it it. (laughs) that's amazing i I, i'm not even gonna i'm just gonna second that okay we'll go with that perfect (laughs) well thank you guys so much that has been great talking to you and um i'm just crossing everything that all of this just disappears and it's all semi back to normal again um, because we can't wait to see you in July. Um, oh, well, it's been okay. so nice. Thank you so much for having us. This has like been one of the more normal things that's been. Oh, thank goodness for Zoom. I know. Yeah. Thank God. Should have invested in Zoom stock. As a post production edit, I'm just going to recap the recommendations from Steel Blossoms um, as to where to eat and what to see in Tennessee. So, Sarah recommends Bella Napoli which is near Music Row, if you like Italian food in, in Nashville. And Haley suggests the Slow Burn in Madison for hot chicken. The places to see, they absolutely both recommend the backstage tour at the Ryman. Um, I can second that. It's absolutely brilliant. And also Patterson House in Franklin, if you're going to stray a little further afield. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Tales of Tennessee podcast with me, Georgie T. You can find the rest of our episodes on talesoftennessee.podbean.com and they will also be listed on the Tennessee Fields Festival website, which is tnfields.com. They'll also be linked to all of our social media at tnfields. Once again, a huge thank you to Archie, Bertie and Francis Ween for providing the jingles and assisting with editing. Sitting on the porch with Georgie T. 
Hearing tales of Tennessee 